Good morning and welcome to Warehouse Church. It's so good to have you guys. You all excited to be here today? If you're online watching with us, just give us a little raise hands emoji. Let us know that you're excited to be watching today and joining us in worship. Uh, I'm Clayton. I'm the pastor here at the church, and I'm just so excited to have you guys here. So much good stuff happening today at Warehouse Church. Um, and it's so weird for me to say Warehouse Church from the stage. And so uh, we just changed our name last week. And so we're excited about the story. If you don't know about the name change or maybe this is your first time hearing it, go check out our Facebook page. Uh, we have a little video on there. We want to tell you all about what God has been doing uh, in this church and to help us identify who we are and what we're all about. But I'm so excited about what God is doing. We have a baptism happening at the end of service today. Just praise God for that. And today is our level up service. That means that we are, we are recognizing kids that are leveling up from kindergarten to first, fifth to sixth, and then uh, eighth grade to freshman. And I'm so excited about that. I'm going to invite Miss Christy and Miss Maka to come up, and they are going to lead us in this time uh, as we find those kids. And let me just say this as they're coming up. If you have kids in the room today um, and your kid starts getting a little bit rowdy, don't worry, Okay. Don't be stressed out about your kid getting loud. We, I promise we have a microphone. We can speak over your child, okay? And so don't start getting nervous about that. Let your kid be your kid, and uh, let's continue to worship God here today. You guys ready? Hey, guys, if you were... Sorry, that's, that's really loud. <laughs> um, if you were going to be recognized, so if you're graduating from kindergarten or fifth grade or eighth grade, if you could just come and sit in the front just so we don't miss anybody... That would be awesome. I see some friends coming up. Come on down. I can see on this side better. There you are. It's hard to see up here. Josh, there's. Yep. Kathy, you're too old. Right here. Okay, so while they're getting settled, um, we know that we recognize the seniors graduating at the beginning of summer, but we also want to recognize the ones who are graduating kindergarten, fifth grade, and eighth grade. Our mission in Warehouse Kids is that we raise these kids up living life on a mission um, with a heart that belongs, a mind that responds, and a life that reflects Jesus. We have to share. Um, before we call the kiddos up, we want to celebrate our small group leaders and their parents for the teamwork that we've put in together. Um, they are working hard to make sure that our mission is carried out and that our kids are set up for success. We are so thankful that we get to be a small part of these kids' lives because they mean so much to us. All right, so we're going to get started. Uh, Bailey Kidd is graduated kindergarten. J.D. Pelton has graduated kindergarten. <laughs> Ella Collins graduated kindergarten. So these babies will be going to first grade tomorrow if they've not already started. Um, in fifth grade, we had Josh Miller. We had Drew Akers, 
And we're actually going to give her her sister Sloane also because Sloane couldn't be here today and she graduated eighth grade. This is your job, not mine. I'll take your job. <laughs> Colton Goble. Yeah. Wade Bricken. Yeah. Is there anybody we're forgetting? Kayla, come on up. <laughs> we are very proud of these kids. Their hearts are already in the right place. So many of them already have been baptized. They pray every day. Their parents tell us all these amazing stories, and just we are so thankful for each one of them. All right, look at there. Listen, we think legacy at this church. At Warehouse Church, we think legacy. That's one of our values. We want to celebrate kids and we celebrate what God is doing in their lives. And when they take a step and when they level up in grades, we want to make sure that we celebrate that. We have a treat for you guys today. Uh, Brenton Akers, who is our, our um, uh, Warehouse Church students. Uh, leader, ministry leader, he's going to be sharing his testimony today. Britton just came on board with us, uh, you know, a couple months ago uh, as the leader of, of student ministry. And so I asked him today if he would just share his testimony and share his story. And so I'm super excited about that. I know that you guys are going to be blessed because of what God has done in his life and his family's life. And so let's give a big warehouse church welcome to Britton. Nope. Thank you all. Uh, well, good morning. Uh, like Clayton said, my name is Brent Akers. Uh, most of y'all who have been with the church know my parents, Brian and Diane Akers. Um, I just want to, well, it's been a, a good morning so far. Um, and Clayton asked me a couple weeks ago to, to share my testimony uh, and to get up front and talk in big church. Uh, <laughs> I've talked to students a lot. Uh, you know, we got to meet last week with our students here. Uh, and I've spoke with students in the past uh, at my old church, um, but I've started as you know as my life has gone on, I've started saying yes a lot more to Jesus, and it's leading me to opportunities uh, that I'm very thankful for. Um, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been here had it not been for my story. Um, when I was younger, I was always um, prouder than I should have been of myself. I was always I always carried this big badge of pride around me, like I'm I'm here, and that some of my people are here, and you know, and I, I and you know, I'm thankful now that God has uh, has broke me of this, and that way I can share my story. Um, but looking back, it's always funny how you remember things, and then when you're able to look back, you can kind of reflect on what you really were. And growing up in Eastern Kentucky. Um, you all might be shocked by this, but my dad's not really the outdoorsman type. He's not a hunter or a fisher or anything, so I never was really either. Uh, and then growing up, you know, we had the privilege of going on vacation and going to the beach. So I was like, you know, we're not a redneck family. You know, we're, we're big time. And so we'd go to the beach, and uh, looking back on it, it I, I remember things a little bit differently when I realized we used to sit on the beach at Myrtle Beach, of all places, and eat and drink grape soda and potted meat sandwiches. Yeah. So um, it really doesn't get much more redneck than that. But, uh, you know, but like I said, there was a time in my life where I was like, yeah, 
look at me, you know, like I'm proud. And, uh, and I, like I said, I am glad that God had uh, broke me of this so, I can, so I'm able to share, uh, to share my testimony. Uh, I, my wife, Casey, is here. Uh, we have two children, Kaylee and Alex. Uh, they are 10 years apart, and, uh, you know, we did decide to hit that reset button pretty hard, but we're thankful that we're, we are where we are now because we wouldn't have been complete without Alex. Um, but I want to start in, in, in 1 James, um, and we'll just start off with the first verse. It says, this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad, greetings. Now, a little bit of backstory. James is Jesus' half-brother. And throughout their life, James was never really a believer of who Jesus said he was. Which is really understandable if you think about it. Because if you're growing up and your half-brother is telling you, I'm the son of God and I'm going to do all these great things. You're going to be like, no, nah, man, I know where you sleep. You know, so, so it, it had to be a hard transition. And it wasn't until Jesus was crucified and resurrected that James really is like, okay, I, get, I, I believe. And so once this happened, James, you know, became a very avid believer and a very avid Christian. And during this time, uh, he's actually writing to the Jewish Christian believers. You know, the, the first generation of, of Christians and they're, they're used to all the Jewish faith and rules and, and everything. And the, and the Jewish leaders were kind of getting upset with what was happening. And so they started, you know, threatening to kill them. They were, the, the Jewish Christians at the time were very, they were very highly persecuted. And, and not, it wasn't okay for them to, to, for their beliefs. And so James is writing to them to give them wisdom and encouragement throughout this. So we look in verse 2. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So James is saying, hey, I understand what's going on in your life. I understand what's happening in your life right now is it, awful. It just, I can't, it sucks. All right, I'm sorry for the parents who don't allow that, but it's just, it's just awful. And so, and so, but he's telling us, that we should count that as joy. And that's the exact opposite of any way that we would naturally react. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm being threatened to be killed for believing in Jesus. There's nothing joyful about this. Um, but we notice, though, that James says when trouble of any kind comes. He doesn't say if trouble comes or trouble may come in your life. It, he's very particular with his wording here that he says when it comes. So we're almost guaranteed that throughout our lives we're going to have our, our highs and our lows. But he's telling us, and we got to try to change our mindset, that when we're at those lows, we're supposed to count this as joy. And so a lot of times as new Christians or as Christians in general, we feel like, hey, once I've given my life to Christ, that I'm supposed to be under this umbrella of protection, you know? So I'm supposed to be able, you know, I'm supposed to kind of have it smooth, right? I've, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But, but it's, that's not what James is saying here. He's telling us that we're going to go through these persecution times. We're going to go through these bad times. So I had decided right out of, right out of high school, I went to college, 
And I never prayed to God about what he held for my future. It was easy for, for me to give to God my eternity, but it wasn't always easy for him to, to give it to him what he had planned for me in this life. And a lot of times, we're, and you think it would be the opposite of this, but I've always had trouble with praying to God, like, what are my decisions? What decisions should I make? And I had, he gave me the signs. He had people in my life tell me, you know, when you go to college, you should be a teacher. And I didn't listen to that because I wanted to make money. And so I'm like, hey, I'm really good at math. I'm supposed to be an engineer. So I go to college and I just really struggled in that process and was just unfulfilled because I wasn't living out what God had planned for me. I never asked him what he had planned for me. And I struggled with that. And, and I, just wasn't, I just wasn't satisfied and I felt lost because of this. So my family got, I was given the opportunity to move to Somerset to take over a jewelry store. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is a great opportunity to be able to provide for my family. Um, you know, we're open to, to doing new things. So I, I took advantage of that. It wasn't after for, you know, several years I was doing this and, you know, there was just always a part of me that's like, this isn't what you this isn't what God had for me. Although I still hadn't like fully given to him as far as I'd given him my life, but I never gave him control of my decisions. And so I was just kind of going throughout my days, you know, I was, I was happy, but I wasn't fulfilled because I knew God had a calling for me that I wasn't following. And so I finally said, all right, it's, it's time that I, I do what I've been called to do. So my family and I decided we're going to move to Lexington, and I was going to pursue, a, 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 a go back to college after about 15 years of being out of school. And, and, during, my, and during my very first semester, about a month in, we got horrible news. Uh, my wife went to the doctor, and, and she was told that she had breast cancer. And so, you know, you're thinking, all right, God, like, um, I'm surrendered to you. I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm, doing, I'm following the path that you told me to follow. So why did you let this happen? You know, we've already gone from, we've already cut down half our income, right? We're, you know, I quit my job so I could pursue this full time. I'm working like 10 hours a week because between, you know, schooling myself and Kaylee, you know, we just, I just wasn't, I didn't have the time to work. And my wife had the burden of all of our financial burdens on her because she was the one bringing in any kind of money for us to survive. And now you're telling me that she's going to have to go through this? And so she you know, she has to go through multiple surgeries and we're, you know, and, you know, luckily she signed up for short-term disability, but that only paid a small percentage of what she was making. So we were already tightening up our budget and now we're tightening it up even more. And I'm like, I'm not sure how we can do this, but God, God was faithful to us. And, and although I questioned like, hey, like, what's happening here? He always provided for us. Thank God for our families. Thank God for our church families. You know, like, there was, there was a lot of times where we'd open up the bank account 
And we're like, I'm not sure what we're going to eat. Because you've got two days until we get another one of these disability checks. And, and we're, we don't have a meal. But, you know, like, I'm so thankful we could go to the mailbox and there'd be a gift card from someone that, that knew us. Or there's someone call us and say, hey, we, we know you are going through a lot. We want to provide a meal for you. And I know that we could have called our parents and they would have never let us go. But part of that pride of like, no, we got this, right? But God taught me in this moment, lean on him even more. Even though we're at this low point, if I can, if I can lean on him, I know that he's my rock and he's going to be faithful. So... So this was just a, a really big struggle for me. And, you know, thank God today, you know, she's cancer-free. And, and, and we're moving along. But, you know, Jesus tells us, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. Right? So how conceited of me to think that I'm under this umbrella of protection that I've made up in my head. When, when Jesus came to this earth, he lived a perfect life, and he suffered for all of us, right? And then Paul tells us uh, in 2 Timothy, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. Now, our persecutions may look different here in America as it may look in, in another part of the world, right? But no matter what it is, I'm not here to say oh, this was worse, or this is worse, we're all going to suffer some kind of persecution for our faith and our beliefs. And we're going to hit those low points, And but thank God we get to hit those high points too, right? So the Bible, and, and in Scripture, if you read along, you can see all the great leaders, all the people that they talk about, all go through some sort of persecution throughout their lives. Our, Jesus, although he was perfect, right, he was taken to the wilderness for 40 days and where he fasted and he was tempted by the devil. He was crucified and beaten up on a cross for my sins, for your sins, right? So it doesn't matter what you're going through. It never promises us that we will have like this, just this smooth ride. So then in verse 3 here, it says, For you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow. So now, if you notice the language, James has replaced troubles with testing of our faith. And when he tells us that when, we're, when our faith is tested, that, um, that our endurance can grow. Now, it may be hard to believe, but at one point, I used to run and, and be active and play sports, <laughs> right? And so I'm reminded every time I drive up that Betsy Lane Hill, that, hey, there was a time where I was running this hill, right, for, for basketball conditioning. And, like, you know, the first couple times I'd run it, I walked a lot, right, because it, running, running back up, running down the hill was pretty easy. You know, you just, just pray that you don't trip. But going back up, that was tough, right? But as I continued to do it, more and more, my body was conditioned, and I could face that endurance, and by the end of it, I was able to run it. Right, And so, so God is now telling us that, hey, I'm going to test your faith, your faith so that you can grow and that you will have the endurance. So 
one of the one of the, the I guess like the darkest or the deepest valley that I felt like I've been through was there was a time when when my family's broke up and and this was pre Alex so I went from living this life thinking everything was great to now I'm coming home to an empty house I didn't have my I only had my daughter half the time my wife was gone and now you know, I could keep myself distracted with work or in the evening time going to the gym or playing Xbox or whatever. But the times it really got to me was, was when I'm laying in bed alone. I went from a house where I, I could feel that comfort beside of me that was no, no longer there. And I'm so thankful for a God that's faithful. Because without him, I would have turned to this world. I, I was so thankful for the people he had placed in my life during that time. And I'm so thankful that I was able to, in my deepest, saddest pit, I was able to grow my faith. And I was able to lean, give it all to him. Because the only comfort I could have in the evening time, and the only way I could go to sleep a lot of times, because I was, I was just laying in bed alone crying, was to just... God, comfort me. I know, I know you're there. I know you can hear me. And I'm so thankful that no matter how big you are and how powerful you are, you know my name. Yeah. And, and you know me. And you accept me for me. All the times I've failed you, you don't care. You throw those away, but you know me. And I am so thankful for that time period that I was able to to lean on him and to be able to trust him because without that, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, come on. I, I wouldn't, I'd still be selling jewelry and yeah, jewelry's great, right? But, but that's not who I am. I'm supposed to do something bigger. I want to be here for your kids. I want to be that inspiration for them. I want, I want them to be able to trust in me, right? I'm nobody, but I know a, a Jesus that is. Yeah. And I know that that you can look at my struggles and my pain and my lowest valleys and we'll try our best not, not to lead you down that path. Right? So in verse 4 it says, So let it grow, for your endurance is fully developed. You will be perfect and complete and need nothing. And I'll go ahead and ask the, the band to come on up. But, excuse me. So James has now given us the good news, right? It's not all bad. It's not all like, oh, I'm in this valley. How do I ever get out of it? He tells us that when our faith grows and our endurance is fully developed, that we'll be perfect, complete, and need nothing. Trials will lead us to that growth, and this leads us to being the type of Christian that reflects Jesus, perfect, complete, and needing nothing. So we all go through our troubles. And, I, and, and the only reason I, I like to share my story as, as although there's been a lot of stuff going on, like I just want to be transparent with what I am because I don't know what, what everyone else is going through. I don't know what everyone else has been through. But if I can be here and be open and transparent and tell my story, maybe there's something I can help you with. Maybe there's something you can help me with, right? Because we're all supposed to do this life together. 
As Christians, we're called to do this life together. And just because you're in your deepest valleys, it doesn't mean that it's over. You, have, you just have to keep moving on, even on the days that you feel like laying down and quitting. Because there is a God that is faithful. And I am standing here today as a testimony that my God can heal. He can take a marriage that was broken. It was devastated and it was dead and he can bring it back to life. Right? And none of this would have been possible without him. None of it would have been possible without it. And so I think about my time in jewelry sales and I, I love the story of how silver used to be purified. So what would happen, you know, silver... In jewelry, you know, you usually sell silver and gold. Gold's more valuable, but it's not as durable, right? So silver is strong enough that it can even be used to be eaten with. And so what would happen back in the day when they needed to repurpose silver is they would the silversmith would put it in this big cauldron and he would heat the silver up to over 1,700 degrees. And this silver would break down it would liquefy and get to its weakest points. And when the silver would, would be so weak, all of its impurities would start to rise to the top. And the silversmith would come in, he could take his, his scoop and scoop out all of these impurities. And then what would happen is the silver would have to cool back down. The silver would have to cool back down. And it would have to, it would strengthen back up. And then they would heat it up again and break that silver down again. It would liquefy it and be at its weakest point again. And he would come back through and scoop out the impurities. But the neat thing is, is when, when the silversmith knew that the process was coming to an end and the silver was purified, is he could bend over and look at his reflection in the silver. And I just, I thank God that at our weakest points, when we're melted down and we're at our weakest, that's an opportunity for us to lift up our impurities. And God will come in and he will scoop those impurities out and send it as far as way. But the, the thing I love about that is every time he scoops those impurities out of our lives, he can look back at us and he will see his reflection in us. So I'm a little bit of a math nerd, but I just love the fact that, hey, if I can be 1% better today than I was yesterday, by the end, in a year's time, I will be 37 times the person I was. So it, it doesn't always take big, giant leaps of faith. Sometimes it just takes a little bit. But every day, as Christians, we should be trying to give our impurities up to God so He can take them away from us, so that He can look down at us and see the reflection of Himself. And I'm just so thankful our God that is faithful, that even in our deepest of our, of our valleys, He's the same God as when we're up as high as we can get. Amen. Right? And I just want to pray for us. Thank you, God, so much for this day, and thank you so much for this opportunity to share what you've done for me. God, we love you, and I just want to—I just want to be more and more like you every single day, and I just want to be that reflection of when you look down. And God, I just want to praise you in my highest of highs and I want to praise you in my lowest of lows because without you, I'm nothing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Aren't you thankful for the testimony through Brenton? So thankful for Brenton and Casey and um, Kaylee and Alex and their family and, and uh, pretty much everyone in their family is serving today in some capacity here at the church. But um, the story of Brenton's life is a story of restoration, reconciliation, and God's faithfulness. And I want you to know no matter what you're going through today, whatever your story is, in this church we celebrate stories. As long as there's breath in your lungs, not, God's not finished writing your story. And so I'm sure that as Brenton has already talked to us today, at many points in his life, and I'm sure that Casey felt the same way, at many points in their lives they felt like, I'm done, like this is it, like this is, I can't, I can't go on. But God had a different story for them. And I want you to know today that whatever your story is, whatever God's been doing in your life, Maybe areas in your life that you've not given over to Him. God's not finished with you yet. He wants to do amazing things in you and through you. If you've reached your lowest of lows, maybe you're there right now in your life. And you've reached your lowest of lows. And you don't feel like you can go any further. Maybe you've just got the worst news ever. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe your relationship with your kids is something that you never imagined that it would ever be. Maybe your relationship with your parents or your friends is, is so far away from what you hoped it would, be, it would be. There's a story of reconciliation ready for you. There's a story of restoration for you. Because when you surrender to the Lord, He can do amazing things in your life. Would you all stand with me for a moment? This is our opportunity in the service where we just kind of reflect. We kind of reflect on what God has, has shared to, with us today, shared to our hearts through the speaking of the word, maybe through a song, maybe through a testimony. But we just kind of reflect. And you have an opportunity to come down front. We call this area our altar. And so you have an opportunity to come and pray here. You also have an opportunity to pray at your seat. I'm going to be standing here in the front. Britain's going to be standing here in the front. If you want us to pray with you, just come and grab our hands. We'll come to the altar and pray with you. Most importantly today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a, an amazing opportunity that you have to declare the name of the Lord, to ask Him to forgive you. Britain already said it out loud today. He went to the cross on our behalf. He took your sin and my sin to the cross nailed them to the cross and today we can be forgiven forever changed if we believe on him surrender our lives to him if that's you today maybe you're online maybe that's you today don't miss this opportunity to give your life to him let's pray together father thank you again for this day and thank you for this opportunity thank you for your love thank you for your grace thank you for your mercy Thank you for your reconciliation, God. Thank you for these amazing kids. I love hearing laughter in this room. I love hearing kids running around because we know, God, that we're sharing your love with them and we're teaching them to be who you've called them to be, God. So thank you for putting these kids in this place today, God. Father, we love you most of all. We thank you for Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.